Hello and welcome. Um, I'm just going to invite Ruth as my co-host to uh, let her in. Hopefully she can now speak. Um, and I, I will invite her to co-host as well. Ooh. Good evening, Elizabeth. Hello there, Ruth. Hi. Hi, how are you? I'm, I'm good, thanks. I'm just sending you a, an invite to co-host, so hopefully you'll get that in a minute just in case anything goes wrong. Um, welcome this evening to our first Library Staff Love Learning Twitter Spaces chat. Um, we had a break over Easter. I hope you all had a, a lovely Easter um, and, and you know, had a restful time. We're back here today to talk about um, the li school librarian's role in, in author visits. Um, and it's something that... Um, over the years um, working at, um, with SLS Guernsey, I was quite heavily involved with. I think it's um, an interesting topic because I think we are, um, as librarians, have a, a not real opportunity to engage with, a, with an author visiting a school. Um, I think there are times when it works absolutely brilliantly and there are other times when it le is less so. So we're going to um, talk this evening just about the whys and wherefores, the ideas that we've had, um, how it's gone for us. We hope that you'd like to join in. If you want to tell us about a, visit a visiting author or you are an author and you'd like to join in, I can see that we have Anne Bryant with us this evening, um, a wonderful author that I have worked with. If any of you fancy joining in the chat this evening then please just send us a, a request to speak um, you are more than welcome Ruth Maloney is my co-host this evening um, Ruth and I have worked together um, for a few years well for a year over a year now on this Twitter spaces chat um, she is a school librarian um, slightly different role from me I'm a trainer and advisor she's actually working in a in a school library so you know um you can either listen to Ruth and I talk for the next half hour or you can join in with this chat. So, Ruth, apart from having a great Easter, I hope you have, um, author visits, is it something that you have been heavily involved with? Yeah, we've in my budget, there is an author visit for every year. And um, every year I sort of panic about it because we've had such mixed success. We had the first year I was there, we had a local author who was uh, in some way connected to the school who volunteered and he came along. Nobody read his books. Nobody has really read his books since. Um, he wasn't really the right, the right writing style for our students, but he gave a great presentation and everybody sat through and all fine. Um, and I thought, well, that was all very interesting, but not particularly you know, useful. Then we had an interaction with a publisher who wanted to, who were offering a free talk in exchange for book sales. Um, and that was possibly the most complicated and the messiest thing I've done in school libraries. And I don't know what anybody else feels about that, but that was such a disaster. I would never touch it again. Um, was that, was that a, um, a, a book, a book tour? Um, yeah. Yeah, I suppose it was. It was, you know, related to the release of a new book, which actually I didn't write 
anyway but I didn't know that until I'd after I, I think you do have to be very careful with those because they're I can't remember who it was but we had a great author it was like it's like I couldn't believe that we were so lucky to get her for free um and and it was very well received but I think yeah if it's a if the, it's an unknown author it could be quite difficult I would imagine yeah um, it was a known author um I, I just didn't rate that book but it was the organisation of, you know, it was kind of dependent on sales. Well, I can't sell the book in advance, you know, particularly. The kids either want to buy it or they don't. And usually what happens is they hear the author talk and then they want to buy the book. Well, they, you know, they wanted pre-sales of the book. And they were, we'd got tied up with a local independent bookseller, which is great to organize it but they were saying well how many copies do you want so I'd ask the students in advance and of course that's absolutely hopeless because they say yes their parents say yes but they never actually get the money in or blah 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 it was just a disaster and in the end the publishers pulled out and said the sales aren't good enough we're not coming okay so that's really difficult I think there are different levels of that but but rather than just about sales the individual author that arrives in a school um, is a different scenario, isn't it, Ruth? Um, I've got Anne Bryant, who who is a good friend of mine um, and author, um, and she is is on this evening. I just wonder if you'd say hello and introduce yourself a little bit, Anne, first. You need to unmute yourself. <laughs> okay, <laughs> hello, um, and hi, everybody. Um, yes, I worked with Elizabeth for three years. I had a, a tenure, I think you would call it, in the Bellewick of um, of Guernsey. And so I visited all the primary schools and even a couple of the secondary schools, actually. Um, and those were fabulous visits because I was able to have follow-up. And that's the thing that an author doesn't usually get. When we go into schools, we normally go in in isolation, do presentations or workshops or whatever, sell books perhaps, I'll come to that in a moment, um, and then leave and never see those children again. I'm always really keen to do follow-up because it feels like a much more fulfilling experience both for me and for the schools and the teachers. And on those occasions when schools have wanted me to do follow-up, um, that that has really, really worked well. Also, lots of communication beforehand. So for this reason, I prefer liaising with librarians than with any other person in the school. So, for example, sometimes it's the um, the head of literature or literacy or something like that who contacts you. But when it's the librarian, I know that they've got a complete overview of the school and they're really, really sure of what books the children like to read. And they've looked at my profile online and they, they, they know that I can do presentations and things. So what I was going to say about the books and the selling of books, I, I think, yes, it is a very complicated thing and I tend to not have that as my main thing it's absolutely definitely not my starting point so my starting point is doing author presentations trying to let the the children learn about what it is like to be an author so uh, along the way all sorts of literacy initiatives and that kind of thing um, but they meet an, an actual author which seems to be the thing which they want to do most of all 
then the book sale, if the school wants one, and maybe they don't, and I'm very happy with that, is an added extra. And normally if they want one, um, then they're really good at it. For example, I was recently at a school in Gillingham, Woodlands Primary, and the lovely Amy Costadel, librarian there, was absolutely brilliant. She had set everything up perfectly beforehand. Um, all the presentations were completely on time. Everybody filed in on time. It was all lovely. Um, I left with I left them with a bit of follow up, and then she escorted me to the library where she had completely organised the signing session, and all that went very well too. So there was a buzz all day long. I should stop now. I've said a lot. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Anne. It, it is. It is. I, I think that you captured that the importance of good organisation, but also connecting with a, an author before you actually book them and actually really understanding what their audience is, what type of books they read, what kind of presentations they're likely to do, um, who they're happy to work with. I've worked with a few authors that that um, were working in our primary schools but didn't want to um, have the reception children there. This is the difficult thing to find out when the author suddenly arrives. This is all the kind of things that you actually need to to engage with and, and ensure is ready. Exactly. Yeah. Comes. Yes. Uh, sorry, I was just going to say that all that um, pre-talk is really, really useful so that from the author's point of view, we can say, no, sorry, we don't, for example, do um, seven talks a day and slotting into the prescribed periods of the school timetable. Um, some authors like to do three, some like to do four. Um, and we can say whether or not they're active or interactive, you know, if we need a lot of space, if we need to have um, projector and screen, if we need music, all that kind of thing. And um, and along with all that conversation comes um, a lot more understanding from the librarian's point of view as well, and a lot more excitement too, as they sort of see, oh, it's going to be like this, and then they pass it on to the teachers, and the teachers, oh, great, it's going to be like this, and they find themselves doing a little bit of preparation as well. And all of that makes for the best possible school visit. Absolutely. I think I think it's so true. For, for me as a librarian, making sure that that beyond that author visit there is something um something more something um to keep the excitement going and actually that that connections especially with the English teacher if if that's because sometimes it's science teachers I had a great um an author who wrote science type books and actually the science department were the people that were the most interested um but having that hook that allows you to continue the experience beyond the author visit was hugely important. Um, is, is there something, Anne, that you think that you particularly would recommend somebody doing in order to make sure or, or to find out what kind of things um, can be done afterwards? Um, well, usually my presentations themselves, the uh, presentations slash workshops, because they're so interactive, I'm never quite sure what to, to call them, but I don't do actual creative writing, sit down with pen and paper in the classroom. Mine are all in the hall and they, they are much more 
interactive and active and with a musical and dramatic element as well. Um, but for example, when I home in with years one and two on my book, Peter and the Timberwolf, um, we often do, I often put the music on with that. And mine is just a very modern take on that. And the existing traditional story, actually written by Prokofiev, um, has got a fairly unsatisfactory <laughs> ending. So that's the perfect uh, means for me to start bringing about a new ending and the last picture in the book I didn't ask the illustrator to do this but the illustrator um, has another wolf as well as the actual wolf of Peter and the Wolf and this other wolf is looking uh, sort of quite admiringly at our wolf um, so I say to the children oh look look at the way she's looking I think they're going to get and all the children go married and then I say yeah and I think they're going to have a baby yes so then I do a whole big thing on alliteration where um it's called wolf so what name shall we give it it's got to begin with w and a whole process of elimination thing of, of w names um followed by an adjective which will go in the middle so we finish with things like will be the wise wolf or it could be much much less obvious than that with things like washington the wiggly wolf and each time they give me something I quickly spin a story um, about this particular wolf and then leave them with leave the teachers with the idea that they can do that same thing with the letter C for example and it could be Cuthbert the cooking caterpillar um, and they've had a lot of um, imaginative exploration with the wolf idea which will lend itself to either verbal or written stories for the for the caterpillar idea or for whatever letter they decide to do and then i say i'd love to see those stories and they often send me the selection of stories and i can just you know i don't charge for that i, I just like to have that that interaction afterwards that's fantastic ruth bruce can i bring you back in um and can i just get you to mute yourself please yes yeah. <laughs> thank you um have you had many authors um, that that do the type of thing that 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 Dan is talking about? Obviously, um, and mainly deals with primary and lower secondary. Um, but but author visits for you, Ruth. What do you think? We we've not had anything as interactive as that, and I think that's probably in the nature of being a secondary school. Um, uh, partly in the nature of being a secondary school, and partly in the nature of the kinds of authors we've chosen. Most recently, we had a fantastic virtual visit from Dan Abnett, who is a Marvel graphic novelist. Um, and he was part of our World Book Day, World Book Week celebration. Um, and he gave a very simple online hour-long presentation in which he talked to a selected group of students. One of the things I find very, very difficult with author visits is that I might spend three or four or five hundred pounds on an author and the school expects that to meet the whole school's requirements um you know they expect every year group to be able to benefit from that um and one of the lovely things about dan coming was a we didn't pay him he volunteered his time free of charge um but because he was going to be online and because we weren't paying him, I felt I could say it's open to a selected number of students. The first 60 kids can come in the library and hear him speak. Um, that meant that his talk was suitable, you know, was relevant to those kids. Um, 
And he was absolutely brilliant talking about follow-up. He set a competition for the students to write about or to create or to draw a graphic novel, the script for a graphic novel, a character. It was really open competition. And we had 12 amazingly diverse entries. I sent them to him and he commented on each and every individual one in detail. It was brilliant. And the buzz that the kids got from that was huge. Um, so it wasn't interactive in that way. I mean, they would be mortified, most students, if I said, right, come on, this also is going to have you up and dancing and there'll be music and you'll be expected, you know, it's just not that um, vibe much as I would love that. Um, so, but it was interactive in a, you know, it was in, engaging, I think, in a different way. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's different strokes for different folks really absolutely i'd agree uh, you know and i think your audience you know is is exactly what we were we're talking about before is is that knowing and understanding who the author's coming in to see um the age of the children um e even the the different area you know areas of where the, the school might be for example could could um affect you know, I know that some inner city schools um, love people. And of course, I can't think of the author's name off, off the top of my head. Um, but, but, you know, gritty writers are needed in mm -hmm. those schools. And I think that, you know, that is really important as, as far as librarians are concerned, their knowledge and understanding of the books that are well read and uh, within a school setting is is an important selection process isn't it when you start begin to look yeah. to look for, for for authors to come and visit I think that's absolutely right and I think one of the interesting things was that we've had we had an author visit from somebody who I had canvassed quite a lot of opinion of on SLN or locally and had had great reviews and other schools I've since spoken to and said oh yeah we had a fantastic visit with her um, and she was not a success in our school because in my opinion, she hadn't done her homework about us. And so the kids felt that she was talking down to them and it became very apparent that she hadn't pitched it correctly for us. And that was one of those, that was a lesson for me in really being braver about what, at knowing that what our kids are about and not just thinking, oh, well, everybody else said she was great and, you know, I'm sure it'll be okay, looks all right on paper, actually thinking, but they don't read her books. And I know they don't read her books. And, you know, why that is, I don't know. But I think I've learned that lesson the hard way. We won't have anybody now, um, unless they're coming free of charge, uh, who, who I don't know the kids really are going to enjoy. At the moment, they're all desperate for me to get Alice Osman. Okay, so it's, so it's difficult, isn't it? So so we're not talking about taking authors for nothing. We're talking no, no. about we're talking about those authors that are offering to come that don't charge that you don't necessarily know know much about. Is that is yeah, that what you're saying? Absolutely, yeah, yeah. I mean, I wouldn't you know I wouldn't dream of of suggesting that all authors should do it for free at all. I'm very happy to pay, but the only circumstance in which I would have an author in school now, who I know the kids aren't really really interested and engaged with is if if that author was visiting you know was offering that free of charge and that that I think 
often seems to me to be the new, more newly establishing the authors who are finding their feet. Um, and, and that's not to say that, you know, every school to its own and no doubt, you know, authors that we haven't had such success with have been brilliant elsewhere. Um, it's just too risky and it reflect, I felt it reflected very badly on the library actually. Do you think, um, do you think a lot of that is to do with the homework that the librarian or the person that's organising the visit is doing? So, so like you said, Ruth, it's very easy to, to accept the fact that other schools have taken and enjoyed a, a visiting author and, and without really understanding what they're going to come and do in your school, you, you take them on face value, I suppose it is, isn't it? Um, and that's generally when it goes pear-shaped. It's that part of, yeah. it's, that, it's that opportunity to actually, you know, engage with the author first if they're not too yeah. busy and to understand what it is that they're bringing to the school. So it's as much for the author as it is for the school itself, don't you think? Yeah, I agree. I agree. I think I don't know what happened in that particular case because we had done our homework. But, well, we had had long conversations about what was going to be delivered. You know, um, it was it was the pitching of what was delivered. She delivered what she said she would, but not at the level that was suitable. She was asking our sixth form students if they understood about you know, the House of Lords and the House of Parliament, basic divisions in British politics, which no doubt in some schools, those sorts of questions would be, you know, useful and appropriate, but they didn't go down well with ours. And, and I think, I don't know where the miscommunication was, but I agree, you know, and, and I think I had felt I'd put the, the, effort into working out what could be done because it was an it was one of those occasions where I was trying to make that visit fit lots and lots of year groups so there was there was differentiation you know what was delivered to the younger year groups and what was delivered to the more senior students um but somehow or other we didn't get it right and it was I felt it was my over-reliance on the uh, opinions of other schools um it, it, it's interesting isn't it now i can see that there's lots of lovely librarians on this chat this evening um if any of you want to join in and tell us about an author visit that you've had positives hopefully um we'd love to hear from you the more the merrier um if you have a story about how you invited uh, an author and and it did or it didn't work would be great um, what you did to plan it? How how did, how is it planned? Is the uh, teachers really involved, or as you as a librarian, are you the main forerunner? Is it like Ruth says, you're you're expected to spend your budget and and actually get the get um, access to every child in the school from a day visit from an author? And as Anne said, you you know, doing two or three presentations in a day is is probably more than enough. I know that we worked Anne to the bone when she. When she visited us um so so you know if you've got something to say and like to join in please just ask you know you need to press the button that says request to speak and we will invite you in um one sorry. go on sorry just add something one of the real successes that we've had actually is less with our individual school visits and more with the local book awards that we run every year where we usually try and get two authors um live and we're sharing that you know, there are sort of 15 schools involved um so we're uh that's 
paid for in a slightly separate way. But the benefit from that, the knock-on benefit, I think is actually larger. And we had talked uh, amongst, when that happened, that event this year happened at the end of March. One of those authors was brilliant. And we had talked about whether we could organise something locally where that author came and visited three or four local schools in the same day. Um, and we combined the fee, but she, so the same presentation was given to three or four schools. Um, in that way, hoping to get maybe more authors into the school in a school year and um, more students able to see the, the teacher, the author. So I'm interested to know if anybody else has done that, whether they've managed to combine their author visits without a school library service organising it for you. Yeah, well, I was just going to jump in and say that we had, um, uh, so the first time I met Anne was was during book week. So in book week, we had, um, we invite three authors over to Guernsey and we get them into every single school. Um, that's, uh, sorry, I'm just going to accept somebody. Um, good, Susie is now accepted, that's all right. Um, let me just finish what I was saying. Um, so the three authors would then go into every school. Um and that was paid for by schools library service. So the schools access that free. Now, like um, Ruth has just said, schools library service doesn't exist everywhere and they don't all offer that service. Um, but but uh, Guernsey has got a literary festival and they the schools managed to tap into that um, and get some author visits. So there were some children's authors that came along that were... Um, presenting as part of the literary festival but obviously during the day they didn't have an audience because all the children were at school so the authors were taken into the schools and I think that worked well and I think it's about looking out for for other opportunities which is um which is really important can I bring Susie in hi Susie how are you hello everybody I'm fine thank you um I'm sorry if I missed the beginning so apologies if what I'm saying is uh, repetitive but I was sort of really relating to what Ruth was saying about uh, combining author events with different schools and experience that I have with that was um, at a prep school that I worked in where we had um, Chris oh, I can't remember he wrote the bodyguard series um, and he was absolutely fantastic and we invited the local school in and what we noticed and what the students noticed is the local school, for the local school, it was a really big thing. Whereas um, our prep school, they were pretty lucky and they, they, they all got a, an author event um, for each year group. And I noticed that the, the, the students that did come to that event were really, had really prepared and they had some really good questions for him. And it almost put the others, the, our own students on the, slightly on the back foot and made them think, actually yeah no that that's a really good question and and i think it it engaged our own students better because it focused them almost like it was a challenge um so just I, explain so explain susie how, how what it is that you're how you're set up you're a private you're in a private school and and from what well, i'm thinking that, you're saying is, is that, that you time, were, at oh. that time yes i mean this is a while ago yeah um so yeah, it was a, it was a private prep school, and um, we, I was lucky enough to organise an author. I mean, this is a long time ago before COVID and all that stuff. Um, so I each year group group got an author or a book event of some description, 
Um, but this one particular event that I'm thinking of, we invited the local school of the same age group to join. Um, and they were just really focused and they were really excited about it. Um, and I just think it, it, it did create a really good atmosphere, really focused all the students to listen to the author. Um, when there was possibly some sort of hesitation, slight sort of, oh, this isn't very cool. Do I have to sit and listen to this author sort of thing? Um, it sort of pulled them in, I think. So that's one experience I had. And the other one was the Henley Lit Fest, where we took students to the Literary Festival. And again, there are lots of other schools of those. Um, and again, you've got those all the different children and some children are really focused and they're asking really relevant questions. And I think it it makes those your own students think, oh, hold on a minute. Yeah, they are really engaged. And I did notice that sort of. Um, uh, yeah, I, I think that it created a much better environment, actually. Do you think do you think you have to organise questions before an author visits comes? It's just made me think about it is the fact that preparation in you know we were talking about preparation in lots of different ways but actually preparation of the students in advance of an author visit is hugely important isn't it oh yeah i think absolutely vital i mean when i when i was i haven't done this for a while actually but when i do do them there's you know i do lots of lots of work around marketing that person and not only to the students but to the parents so building up the reason why we've got that particular author and the benefits to that their their particular children and why that would why you know and and trying to I'm trying to boost to be honest I'm booking boosting book sales, but it's also making what I have in the library relevant, so that they all want to borrow it and that's you know it's the sort of the child walking down the corridor reading their book sort of hardly noticing anyone else around them that's what I want to see you know I don't want to fall downstairs but I just you know that's what I absolutely love seeing when they're all so engrossed in in the event that you know when they actually see the author it's it's almost like going to a concert or something (laughs) absolutely it's when they get so excited come on come on in Ruth I keep interrupting you no no I was just going to say I think that's that's exactly right and I really I I would really agree that the presence of other students makes a huge difference I mean just as it does to all sorts of things they are they are different and and also if you're taking students to a literary festival you most likely you've selected or those students have selected themselves rather than taking a whole cohort I think one of the very difficult things and it must be very difficult as an author is to speak to a whole year group particularly in secondary school where there is a sort of too cool for school feeling amongst some of them you know however engaging the author is uh, plenty of them think that they would rather be doing something else um but I really like that uh that that shared atmosphere that idea that you know regardless of which school you are from or at that you are all taking pleasure and that you do encourage the students do encourage each other's interest and they there is a rise to the challenge of you know asking more interesting questions but going back to Anne's point then it's very difficult to get that follow-up I think um so yeah you know that's a, a balance i suppose to find can i can i just say something um 
I I think that on questions and answers, um, I've I love. But I, I didn't used to like questions and answers at all because most kids tend to ask, ask the same questions and nobody listened to the answers anyway um, until I went to a school in New Zealand where it was great because they spent such a lot of time as a class in devising just five or maybe it was just four, I can't remember, questions. But they'd worked on it so much and the teacher, had I spoke with him at length afterwards and he said, um, you know, I, I just got rid of all the silly questions and said, do you really think that you want to know the answer to that? Are you really going to listen if Anne says that? And in the end, he'd put them all into teams in the class um, and they'd devise these questions and they were so interested in hearing the answers because they'd all worked out what answers they thought I would give. And they were really original questions like, um, have you ever written a book that made you cry when you were writing it? And things like this. So they got to learn quite a lot of anecdotal stuff about me. Um, and and they were really interested in that. But there was a big whoop that went up every time I gave an answer where one of the team had said, yeah, I bet you'll say that. And so they were sort of taking scores and really interested in that. So that's what I wanted to say about question and answer sessions. I think a lot of prep can be done on that. But class prep, not just individual children. Of course, the individual children can feed into that, but, but have some class discussion about it. Um, and as far as teaching whole teaching you know talking to a whole year group is concerned um i like to do that i like to put all the reception kids together all the years and ones ones and twos together threes and fours together fives and sixes together no matter how many uh with reception i have to have smaller numbers because it is very very active and we need all the space around but it's not every author who can do presenting or is keen on it, or wants to do it, and some of them force themselves into a space. Um, and I, I'm, I'm happy because I've done a lot of it, and the more I've done, the better I've got at it. So my advice would be, you know, I, I feel like I can read the children. You know, Ruth, you were saying quite a bit about that. I might be hopeless at secondary level. Um, but at primary school level, I feel like I can read the children fairly soon on and adapt, be flexible, change what I was going to say. Um, so that that's what I wanted to say on that. That sounds I mean, brilliant. And I, I love the idea of um, them having engaged with the book so much in class in advance that they've got the opportunity to really think about those questions. And I think maybe... I don't know whether that's harder generally in, in secondaries or not. Um, I think, I, I, and I don't know whether I've only worked with this school in this way, um, with the school I'm currently at, and it's a very academic school. I don't know whether we're trying to achieve things from the author visit that maybe other schools aren't trying to achieve. We're, we're, the school is always aiming at more than just a reading for pleasure experience, I think. Um, yet we don't have that engagement you know I haven't yet got to the point where I've managed to fit the author neatly into the curriculum of whatever each year group is studying um, but there is that sort of drive but I love that idea that the kids would have all sat there in a group beforehand and really worked hard to think about the the questions that they actually wanted the answer to because I agree and you know we've had questions for all the visits before and I've thought really you know, of all the things you could have asked about anything, the the best questions are the ones that are completely 
almost unrelated to the book or the story um, and just give you an insight into the author or the way that they think about their writing, I think. Yeah, no, I would agree. Um, slightly, slightly off topic in the fact that, you know, with virtual author visits, um, pre-COVID, funnily enough, I had a um, Caroline Lawrence agreed to join me on a um, a Padlet. So, if anybody doesn't know what a Padlet is, it's a it's an on, online post-it board. And basically, we had read my book group had read one of Caroline's books, and I had encouraged them that we could have a um, we could have a question and answer session with the with Caroline. <clears throat> I happened to tell her when we were going to be on Padlet, and and she came on without me knowing at the same time. And it was fascinating. The reason I'm telling you this story is because of the questions that they were asking at the beginning before they realised that she was going to be on there were so different when she actually appeared. And the transformation and understanding of the types of questions that they could ask her just blo it blossomed. So I think... You know, it was a it was an impromptu thing. It was a group that that um, you know were mostly mainly engaged in the book that we had been reading. But actually, the good deep questions made the session and the book reading so much better. And actually, if we can engage our students with thinking about those questions first, it it, it could make a huge difference. I wonder if there's any teachers listening tonight. Um, that have had author visits and and what their engagement is with the teacher and the live or sorry with the librarian and the author um you know is it something that you can as a teacher um need to engage with a bit more do you know rather than than the librarian is organizing a visitor oh, that's great i've now got to give up an hour of my english lesson is it is it something that that teachers i wonder um want to engage with more but just don't have time or whether it's whether it doesn't link with the curriculum like Ruth said it, it's interesting maybe that's a, a conversation for another night when we maybe have some some more teachers on um Elizabeth sorry I was just going to say yeah, I think that's an interesting question actually about whether um whether anybody ever invites non-fiction writers um we have tried I know one of the other teachers in school is building an in conversation with program and uh, they have tried to get Hannah Fry, uh, who's a mathematician. Um, and we've had various nonfiction, you know, sort of nonfiction speakers. You know, we've had various speakers in who are not necessarily authors, but tend to be academics. But I've never never tried and I've never been asked to get any nonfiction authors in um and i've i don't really hear about it happening but that may just be my inexperience um so it'd be interesting to see whether anybody has had any success with that or whether that tends to be organized by the departments rather than by the library it, it's, it's interesting we we in guernsey we had non-fiction but it tended to be older and it tended to be through the literary festival so funnily enough, non-fiction author, there was a math there was a mathematician who came in and spoke to our sixth form. Um, uh, we've had illustrators and poets, um, which is slightly different from the traditional author. Um, but I think, yeah, it needs to be something that is that is organised and requested 
by the teaching staff, I would assume. Let me bring Susie back in. Hi. Um, yeah, just just on the non-fiction side, um, our school are very active on that. And I think each department has some budget to have a speaker. Um, recently, we had Maggie Alfonsi, who is um, a female rugby player. Um, and that was in to... Um, to also to to then follow on to um, an opportunity for the students to to try out um, uh, disabled rugby, so um, in in wheelchairs, and that was an amazing event. And that was and and Maggie Alfonsi was brilliant, and she gave all the end of term sports prizes as well. So that was really really good. She was really inspirational and really motivated you know even I thought I could play rugby at the end of that so <laughs> um she was really good and the other person we had recently was a guy called Emmanuel Jal who was a child soldier in um uh, I can't remember where it was but he was also amazing about saying anyone can do anything and he's also he used to be he sort of came out of all that and became a rap artist and now he's doing talks to to schools about how you can effectively do anything you want as long as you put your mind to it and you know he tells he tells various levels of his experience depending on his audience so he had one with prep and he had one with secondary and the secondary one was much more uh, detailed and quite you know, quite brutal at times. Um, Did you organise that? Sorry? Did you organise that? No, so these, this is the departments. So that would have been, actually that was the headmistress who got hold of him. Um, so various different departments. We, we've we got, at the moment we're doing a diversity drive. So we've got uh, a whole diversity team and I'm leading that at the moment while our, the head of that, who's head of art, is on maternity leave. So we have we've got a huge amount of events going on to to show diversity across all all the pieces you know race religion um, disability um, orientation everything like that. Mm -hmm. So um, we've had yes we've had a we've also had a non-binary speaker. Um, so yeah, we're 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 very lucky to have all those experiences. Fantastic. Can I just um, welcome Deborah to the to the chat? What, I hope you're well, Deborah. Thanks for joining. Yes, thank you. Um, I, I just wanted to say, um, talking about a non-fiction author, because there is a difference, isn't there, between those motivational speakers that Susie was referencing, and, and we have, have um, uh, some, although probably not quite as many, being a, a state school with a slightly lesser budget um but we do have the, those type of speakers in but there's, that's nothing to do with the library um or the english faculty but i i i am keen to get a non-fiction author in um actually it's kath senker she writes a lot of non-fiction um from both uh primary through secondary and actually right up to 
university level and she writes across a whole range of uh, of themes um, and some are historical some are current day some are political some are much more factual in terms of like there might be geographical books um, and she lives just down the road and coincidentally my dad knows her dad um, so she'd be very easy to book but what I'm concerned about and I think the thing that's holding me back before I even talk to her is when you get a, a fiction speaker in, you know, they're, they're passionate about their book. They love their characters. That's that story that drives them. Um, but I'm, I, I would like to get a nonfiction author in, but I'm just not sure that there's going to be, she'll be passionate about her subjects. But when it's somebody who writes across as many uh, subjects, which a lot of nonfiction authors do, you know, they don't just necessarily write about one area of nonfiction. Um, is it going to have the same um, captivating experience for the, the children? Um, we start, as I say, I'm a state secondary school librarian, and our the system I inherited and I've actually kept going is that we have an author in um, for the whole of year seven. Uh, to speak to the whole of year seven and then do some writer's workshops or whatever workshops that person offers, whatever their skills are, are best at uh, for a day. And, and and I choose when that's going to be. Um, and then I try and sort of get uh, smaller events with uh, with less cost of, a, of an author for years eight and nine. I'm not allowed to do it for years 10 and 11. Uh, it's seen as too disruptive, uh, unfortunately. Um, but yeah, so I think that's my thing with nonfiction as opposed to like a motivational speaker. I don't know if anybody's got any thoughts on if they've had a, a nonfiction author. I'm just going to jump in before I invite Susie back in. I think it goes down. It, it, it was something that Anne said that, that just because people write books doesn't make them good presenters. And I think the same is probably with non-fiction authors as well as fiction authors um you know they are you know non-fiction authors are very passionate about their topic um i think it's 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 probably you know you're going to get some good ones and you're going to get some bad ones that's my thoughts on it anyway um i'm going to bring susie back in um yeah sorry thank you deborah yeah that's really it's a really good point i just did want to say that emmanuel jail has written a fascinating book about his life Maggie Alfonsi, I'm not sure about. Um, and then there's another, uh, someone else called Elizabeth Day who wrote, has written lots of books about failure. Um, but yeah, it's a really good point that, that they're not necessarily authors. So I think we are probably, well, I've just noticed the time, it's quarter two. We've gone on 15 minutes longer than I was planning, but it was such a good topic, I didn't want to stop us. Um, I am going to bring this evening to it to a close. Um, I want to thank you all very much for, for listening in and joining us, especially to Anne for giving us your time. It's, you know, we need to catch up for a for a get together and a catch up and a coffee at some point, Anne. Um, but it's been lovely. <laughs> <laughs> it's been lovely to have you with us this evening. Um, uh, thanks for the others, uh, Deborah and Susie that joined in tonight and, and my co-host, um, Ruth. I want to uh, just highlight that we are meeting again on the 9th of May and we're going to talk about reflective practice. Um, a little bit more um, serious a topic, I suppose, than, than um, lovely author visits, but it's something that I think is really important for school librarians, especially the fact that, you know, we teach lessons, we invite authors in. How do we then 
uh, reflect and decide what went well and what didn't. Um, we have the lovely um, uh, Susan, who's actually on tonight, um, is going to uh, talk about the, the blog post that she wrote for me. So if you want to just check out um, my website, elizabethahutchinson.com, check out the blog written by Susan about reflective practice and join us on the 9th of May. You'll be, you'll be very welcome to, to join us. Thank you very much for this evening. Take care. Good night. Good night. Good night. Bye. Thank you.